Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 22 and meet me at verse 34. Matthew chapter 22 and meet me at verse 34. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him, saying, Teacher, what is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, and he goes on there, the next verse there, he goes on and says, and this is, a, this is the law and the prophets and fulfills the law and the prophets and that sort of thing. Over the last few weeks, we've been talking about love, the love of God, how much we are loved by God. And I want to continue today talking about the love of God. And this passage of scripture, these group of people who disagree with each other, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, they were not close. They were not friends, but they had a common enemy, Jesus. Have you ever noticed how people that don't like each other can come together against someone else? Uh, it's amazing how you see it a lot in politics. You see the whole lot. Two different groups do not like each other, but they'll come together and oppose this particular person. And this is what happened where the Pharisees and the Sadducees occurred. They came together and they sat down and they asked Jesus a question. What is uh, the great commandment? And Jesus said to love the Lord your God with all your mind, with all your soul and with all of your heart. And then it's to love your neighbor as yourself. One particular day, this was over a decade ago, before I was pastoring, I was sitting on the couch and I was watching a video of a man preaching. I don't know who the man was at the time. I just was watching him and he had what he called a seven step process to loving God. And here are seven steps to how you love God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all of your mind. And uh, in Deuteronomy chapter six, verse five, and says to love God with all of your strength. And uh, he sat down and was going through this seven step process. And I was sitting there listening to him about, yeah, yeah, let me listen to this. Let me let me glean from this. Uh, you know, these seven steps. And as I was watching, the spirit of the Lord spoke to me sitting on the couch. I, I didn't hear an audible voice. I heard it in my gut. The spirit of the Lord said to me, that ain't right. And I thought, well, what, what do you mean? Holy Spirit, I mean, this he's trying to help people love you more. And he said, that ain't right. And I'm thought, okay, I sat back. I'm like, okay, um, talk to me more about this. And as you sit there, and if you commune with the Holy Spirit, he'll talk to you on the inside. And, and he said to me, and, and, and essentially, this was over a period of days, as he began to talk to me about that ain't right. There are 613 laws. In the old covenant, when Moses brought the covenant, there were 613 of these laws. And one of the laws, I ain't going to go through all 613, unless you want to. Danica, you want to go through all 600? Oh, you don't. Okay, so I won't go through all 613. Thank you, because I don't know all 613. But 
There are 613, and, and, and one of the laws is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, you know, your soul, and your strength. And, and typically, we, we kind of celebrate this thing like, yes, we're going we're gonna to love God, and that's the great commandment. I'm going to love God with everything I've got. But can I just tell you the truth? Just look at me. I want you to hear the truth. It is impossible to love God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. You cannot do that on your own. And there were 613 laws that were given for the sole purpose to show the Jewish people and in essence humanity how sinful we were. These 613 laws were given to show us you can't do this. And you need help. You need a savior. You need someone that could fulfill these laws for you so that then you can become righteous in the sight of God. So before the laws, sin was not imputed against people because there was no law to transgress. So laws had to be made in order for people to understand how wrong they were. So do not kill, do not steal, do not commit adultery, do not wear your hair like this, do not eat fish like this, so on and so forth. All of these laws were given to show you that you can't do this on your own and you are sinful. And we need a sacrifice for the sin. Thank God our sacrifice for sin is not a goat, it's not a sheep, it's the precious blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He is the Lamb of God that was slain before the foundation of the world. Glory to God. He is our sacrifice. And so only Jesus could fulfill this great commandment. You can't love God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. I know you want to. I know you've been trying. But you've already missed the mark this morning. I don't know what you did, but I know you already missed it. You can't do it. And so Jesus came and he did it for us. And when he fulfilled it for us, he said, now I'm going to bring a new commandment to you. And that's found in John chapter 13. And we'll look at verse 34 and 35, John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. And Jesus says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And he says, by this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Now, here is the new commandment. Uh, the word new means fresh, original, never existed before. Watch this. Love one another. Well, that's not the new part. That can't be the new part. We know through Deuteronomy 6.5 and what we read in Matthew 22, the great commandment was you to love your neighbor as yourself. So that's not the new part, to love one another. The new part is to love one another as I have loved you. That's the new part, that you love one another. And then all will know, everybody will know that you are my disciples because you are loving one another as I have loved you. And so when the Spirit of God spoke to me, and this, like I said, this was over some weeks and that sort of thing, when he was talking to me about that, that minister that was preaching seven steps to love God, and he said, that's, that's wrong, he, what the Spirit of God was sharing with me was, we have been so focused on loving God, 
but not as focused on God loving us. We've been so trying, I just love God, I just love him. Oh, I love him, I love him, and we're trying, oh, and we, we're doing things that, that just try so hard to just love God, and it's in our own strength, and oh, I thought about, I had a bad thought, oh, I don't, gosh, I, love, I love you, Lord, oh, I love you, I love you, I love you. But God has been telling us, it's not about you loving me. It's about me loving you. Well, let's look at 1 John chapter 4, verse 10, real quick. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 10. I love the, I love the book of John. Matter of fact, I encourage you this week to read the entire book of 1 John. You can do it within 20 minutes and, and read it. And, and understand the love of God. But here he says, in this is love. Watch this. In this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and, his, and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Or that word propitiation means sacrifice. So he's saying, this is love. I'm not talking about you loving God. I'm talking about God loving you, and here's how he has loved you. He has sent his son to be the sacrifice for your sins. And so there has been a lot of emphasis placed on our love for God, and we're doing things. Oh, I've I, oh, I got to read. I'm struggling reading my two chapters today because, oh, I, I just love God. I got to read. I got to read. Oh, I don't want to read it, but I got to read. Oh, I don't know. No, 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 no. Shake all that off. Understand how much you are loved by God. And when you understand how much you're loved by him, you're going to want to hear what he has to say to you. Ooh, I'm preaching better than you saying amen. But that is the truth. You're going to want to hear what he has to say when you understand how much you are loved by him. Matter of fact, I'm going to show you an example of a broken relationship. In any relationship that you have ever seen, if the child loves the parent more than the parent loves the child, something's wrong. Did you hear what I said? Something's wrong if I've got to plead and beg and daddy, daddy, that mom, dad, please talk to me. Mom, dad, I just wish my mom and dad would talk to me. Something's wrong in those relationships because the parent should automatically exhibit love for their kid. And if you look, just look at anyone that has mother issues or daddy issues and or they didn't have a dad or they were estranged or or just any sort of issues that's going on. If the kid is after the affection of the parent more than the parent is giving the affection, that's a problem. That's a problem. It's a major problem. It's worse than the other way around. Because God is saying, I am a father. I am a parental figure. Uh, I am a lover. I am love. I love you as you are, not as you should be. I love you despite your flaws, mistakes. I love you despite your, your self-doubt and your hatred. I love you despite your sins and your shame. I just love you. And his love should then compel us to in return receive it. And then believe it. And notice I said you got to receive it first. And then you'll start believing it. 
Because a, a, a receiving something isn't really hard. It's grabbing a hold of it and just taking it. You know what? I take that. And then I'm going to start believing it like it's true. But too often, many of us have tried to believe something and not receive it. You got to receive it first. Go ahead and receive it first. Take it first. I like to preach salvation this way. A lot of people preach salvation and you have to. Uh, this is my pet peeve. It's not saying this is wrong. But, you know, we have to say all these words in order to get saved. First, we have to say this and we got this long thing that you can't find that in the Bible. All you do in the Bible is say Jesus is Lord. That's simply it. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That's it. So when I when I talk about salvation, I say, man, just say Jesus is Lord. Do you believe? I believe. Receive right then. And now I'm going to tell you what what just happened to you. You are now a believer and you're you're a Christian and, and God has put his spirit on the inside of you. You're a new creation in Christ and old things are passed away. And now I'm going to tell you what you need to believe after you receive. You listening? Are you listening to me? And so you got to receive it first. Just receive the love. Well, I don't know why would God would love me. Don't worry about that. Just receive it. I'll just you know what he says he loved me. I'll take it. I'll, I'll receive it. It'll be mine. I'll have it. He said he loved me. Okay, I'll receive it. And then you'll start believing it. So receive it first. And so we see here that we have been trying so hard to love God. And that commandment was part of the law. And Jesus came and fulfilled it for us. He loved God with all of his heart, mind, soul, and strength. He did. He loved God. He fulfilled that law for us and now created restoration between humanity, God and humanity. And now where there is restoration and reconciliation and now God's grace has been poured out upon us and now we can receive it and take it. And then we love him. Why? Because he first loved us. You get this? So we had to receive love first from him in order to respond with love. Stop trying so hard to love God. I submit to you, it's impossible to love God the way Jesus loved God when he was on the earth. You can't do that. That's why Jesus, that's why we need Jesus. He is the go-between. He is the ultimate substitutionary sacrifice. He is the one that brought restoration between God and man. We need Jesus. If, if you could do it, you wouldn't need Jesus. You can't. That's why I didn't want to say, raise your hand, everybody that love God with all their heart mind, because then you'd be lying. No, you, I know you want to. You can't. Jesus did it for us. Thank God he did. Now we can respond with the love that God has for us. That's why it said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God's love came first. We responded to his love. And to this day, we are still responding to his love. Now, put back on the screen uh, first, or not first, I'm sorry, John 13, 34 and 35, if you don't mind. John 13, 34 and 35. Now, he says here, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. Somebody say, as I have loved you. As I have loved you. Say it one more time. 
that you also love one another by this, by this love, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Uh, will, will everybody know we're a disciple of the Lord Jesus by, by, by miracles? Will, will they know by prophetic words of, of English and in tongues? Will, will they know by uh, good looks? No, no, no. It's going to be by love. And here's the important part. Here's the new part. It's God gave us a statement, love one another. And then he gave us a strategy as I have loved you. And then the sign will be everyone will know. So love one another. Here's the strategy. And I want to talk a little bit about strategy for the next few minutes as I have loved you. So how am I to love one another as I have been loved? How have I been loved? Well, we're going to talk about that today. Now, I told y'all in scripture or in Greek, I should say, in the Greek language, there are four words for this word love. In English, there's just one word, love. We just say love. We love hot dogs. We love our spouse. We love our cat. We also love our pillow. And we love pizza. And we love sushi. And all of it's love. And we group it all into one sort of love. And, and, and that's love. But in the Greek language, they go a little deeper. They describe love. And the first one we talked about a few weeks ago was this word eros, which is romantic love. God has a romantic love for us. And we also with your spouse, have a romantic love for your spouse. It's the Greek word for love, eros. And there's another one called storage. If I'm, I'm not a Greek scholar, so don't correct me, but that's how I pronounce it, storage. And it is family love. It's the love you have for family members. We talked about that a few weeks ago. And then you have phileo or philea, which is brotherly love, or I like to say friendship love. And greater love than no one has than this, than to lay down your life for a friend. That's that phileo love. I have friendship love, brotherly love. I mean, a lot of examples of brotherly love in scripture, Jonathan and David, so on and so forth. A lot of examples of brotherly love. But this love that God through Jesus is sharing with us today is the word agape love, which is unconditional love. And this is a love that is not based on conditions. It's not based on how you feel. It's not based on what you do. It's not based on performance. It's not based on um, the ups and downs of life. It, it's not based on like the old Janet Jackson song, what have you done for me lately? This love doesn't ask that question, what have you done for me lately? It's unconditional. It is selfless. It, 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 it is, it's sacrifice. It is a, a love that's all giving. It is always giving. It, it, it is always looking to be a blessing. It is not associated with what I feel and what I don't feel. And, and I've been thinking about this unconditional love. And be honest with me, when you talk about phileo love, how many of you have lost friends since COVID has started? Not through death, but just through uh, craziness that has happened over the last few years. Uh, almost every hand. I've lost friends through craziness with the, because 2020 was COVID, then it was political elections, and then George Floyd, and, and, and Black Lives Matter, and, and all type of things was going on. You remember all that in one was going on, and I lost some friends. Am I the only one that lost friends? And people did too. I lost friends through that, through this whole process, because it wasn't 
Agape love. See, testing comes to show you what you're really working with. If it was, because I, I, I kept a lot of friends through all of that too, and that showed me, man, I can, I can trust these folks. Because a relationship that hasn't been tested can't be trusted. But that's another sermon. And so, this agape love says, you know what? I'm going to love you anyway. Well, I don't like that, that you voted for this guy. Agape says, I'm going to love you anyway. Well, I don't like that you support that. Agape says, I'm going to love you anyway. I'm not going to agree with you, but I'm going to love you anyway. Agape says, I'm going to love you when you miss the mark. I'm going to love you when you make a mistake. I'm going to love you because I've chosen to love you. It's not by chance. We didn't fall in love by chance. Uh, I chose to love you. Therefore, there's nothing you can do that will stop my love for you. This is how we're loved by God. We're so loved by God that 24 hours a day, seven days a week, God makes himself available to us. You know, he's always available. Always available. I may not always be available, but he's always available for us. That, that's how he demonstrates his love. He's saying, listen, I got gifts to give you. The love that he has for you. I, I, I want to perform some acts of service for you. Glory to God. The love he has for you. I want to spend, uh, I want to give you some affirming words. Right? He's saying, listen, I, I also want to have encounters with you. I want to be able to touch you with my word. I want to be able to encounter your presence. This is the love that he has for us. And he wants us to walk through this life without any fear. No fear. Matter of fact, 1 John 4.18, this is my favorite, one of my favorite verses in scripture. 1 John 4.18 it says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Now watch this. In context, this particular verse is really talking about the fear of punishment or the fear of judgment. How many of you were taught as a kid, if you gave your life to the Lord as a kid and or you grew up in church and you were taught that, man, when Jesus come back, that's going to be a scary day. I, I know I was one of them ones. That's going to be a day of, of fear. That's I mean, you, you better have dotted your I's and crossed your T's because when he come back, if you, if you caught slipping, when he come back, man, I used to not want Jesus to come back. Like people were talking about when Jesus come back. I'm like, no, don't come back, Jesus. Don't, because I was scared. Do you know because of his great love? I want to set you free. Because of his great love and because you've accepted and received his grace through faith, you don't have to be scared of the Lord's return. Matter of fact, it should be a celebration. You should be anticipating and looking forward to the return of the Lord Jesus. When he comes back, you shouldn't even, punishment shouldn't even be, you shouldn't, that, you just eliminate from that from your vocabulary. 
punishment. Get rid of it because this is a time of celebration. This is a time of rejoicing. This is a time to be unified with the the body of believers and you and the Lord Jesus Christ are one and you'll see him as he is and and you should be excited about that. Now, everybody's not going to be excited about it. Those that don't know Jesus, they should be scared. They should be terrified, dreadfully tormented by the return of the Lord Jesus Christ because there will be a judgment that comes that will send them directly to hell. But for you and I, there should be no fear of punishment, no fear of his return, no fear of judgment. It should be just straight peace about the thought of the Lord Jesus coming. Amen. Do you know that he's not keeping any records of wrongs? I used to, how many used to think as a kid that there was going to be this movie? And you get up there, you thought that? And there's going to be a movie and he's going to show you all of the wrongs. And then all of the things you didn't ask forgiveness for, it was going to play. And everybody was going to see this is how wrong and how evil and sinful you were. You're supposed to be a believer, but you're still sinful. And this is how wrong it was. That was all a lie. It was all fear-based to get you to perform a certain way without God's love. It was like, you've got to earn this thing and you've got to, see, you don't love God and you've got to love God. What's wrong with you? You know, it was one of those things. No, it it should be about, I am loved. And because I am loved, I respond with good works. I respond with love. I respond with thanksgiving. I respond because I am loved. There ain't going to be no video screen. There should be no fear of punishment. And so in context, this verse is saying there is no fear of punishment in love. But we can go ahead and break this verse down even further. There is no fear in love at all. At all. No fear in love. But perfect love, that word perfect means developed, cultivated, matured. I'm working on the developing how much I'm loved. It will cast out fear. It will literally expel, throw out, flush out fear. Love that you are developing and working on and meditating and thinking about and speaking out of your mouth will get rid of the fear in your life. I'm telling you, when you know how much you're loved, that fear of stepping out and doing what God's called you to do, you no longer have it anymore because you know how much you're loved. When you know how much you're loved, that fear of giving giving money that you feel, oh, Lord, the Lord told me to give me this big amount of money and I'm scared. You give and say, no, 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 the Lord's going to take care of me. When you know how much you are loved, when you understand how much you're loved, the fear will just leave. When you understand how much you are loved by God, it literally flushes out the fear. It it will expel it. Why? Because fear involves torment, mental anguish, anxiety, distress in your mind, worry, concern. Fear involves all of these things. How do you know that there's fear in your life when you are anxious? When you are full of care, when you are worrying, when you are full of doubt, when you don't know how it's going to happen, that's how you know fear is involved in your life. It involves torment. And how many know that is tormenting? 
I was reading a stat recently that um, most Americans do not get a good night's sleep. Why is that? Could there be some biological things? Possibly. I believe it has a lot to do with anxiety and fear and concern. And fear involves this torment. I may have told this story before, but when we first started the church, I used to could not sleep on Sunday nights. Literally, I could not get any rest. I would do my 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 call on Sunday mornings. And for some reason, I would get home and try to go to bed Sunday night. And the devil would attack me and say, you 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 lead them people astray and you messed up and you 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 said something wrong today and you misquoted the scripture and someone misunderstood you today and all these things. And I would be I was I was so anxious, like, oh, my gosh, these people, these I've led them wrong. And I, I, I couldn't sleep. And I, I had gotten to this point where I had gotten to a habit of just Sunday coming. I don't sleep on Sundays. I used to, I used to even tell my wife that. You coming to bed? Nope. I'll be on downstairs watching TV all night long. And these tormenting thoughts would come to me and say, these people, you know you're a fraud, right? This is what these thoughts would say. You're a fraud. You, you, you know, you know that you, you, you know that you, 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 uh, you, you teaching this stuff, but, uh, uh, you ain't even that strong. Can I, can I be transparent with you? You, you know that, uh, you, you know you said that, but what if something happened? You prayed over that baby, but what if that baby died? Man, these thoughts would come, torment me. Sunday nights, I would be tormented. And I wouldn't go to sleep and say, come on to bed. What are you doing? Oh, I'm going to watch a little. And I used to make up some. Oh, I need to watch the interviews. You know, football would be on. And I, I used to tell, I got to watch all the interviews. You know, everybody. I need the old lineman. I need everybody. The kicker, I need to hear his interview. I got to watch before I go to bed. I had to watch all these. Interviews. I used to say that kind of stuff. And I would be tormented. And one day, the, if it wasn't for the Spirit of God, he said, why are you really not going to bed on Sunday nights? I had to come to grips with it. I'm tormented because I think I led the people astray today. I said something wrong. I know I said something wrong. It's like Job with his kids. You remember in Job chapter two, he was like, I may have done something that have led them wrong. So I need to get a sacrifice to cover their sin, my sin, so that they wouldn't they wouldn't reap any punishment behind it. I felt this way. And the Lord began to talk to me. And put that verse back on the screen, if you don't mind, Jeannie, as well. He, he, he says, you are tormented. And he says this last part, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. And he said, you have not perfected the love that I have for you. You've not developed it. You've not cultivated it. You've not worked on it. You've not meditated it. You have not done anything to increase your understanding of the love that I have for you. If you are to get rid of this torment, you're going to have to consider how much you're loved by me. And you're going to have to read verses on how much I love you. You're going to have to think about it over and over how much you love. And the one thing he told me is you're going to have to say, my father loves me. And he told me to say it a hundred times a day. 
we had one member, Matt, in the church, and this particular guy, I said, say it, I, I mentioned, I used to say it 100 times a day, and he came up to me, he said, Pastor, I've been trying to get 100 in, I'm at 79. I said, no, 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 it's not, I'm not trying to get you so legalistic. No, 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 it, it, to me, it was saying a lot. And I began to lay down, and I began to put my head on the pillow at a normal hour, not three in the morning on Sunday night, a normal hour. I began to lay down, and I began to say, my father loves me. But what about you said that verse and that, you know, they may have misunderstood what you meant there. My father loves me. And then the Lord started telling me, you ain't got that much power anywhere. Who, who do you think you are? That people just hanging on your every word that, and they, and they, they just, oh, if they, if you, oh, you messed up and they're going to die. Who do you think you are? I got, I gave them the precious Holy Spirit. I said, you know, you're right about that. Who do I think I am? And then I started having to get to the point is with, I might be misunderstood. I don't care. I used to care a whole lot that I was misunderstood. I don't care anymore. I don't care. I communicated the way that I was supposed to. And if you took it another way, guess what? I don't care. I don't care. I, yeah, be free. Be free. I don't care. And I used to care about that. And I would, I would, I would start developing. I would lay down. I lay my, my father loves me. My father loves me. I am greatly loved by God. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. Eventually, all of that fear began to just run out like like toilet bowl water. Flush it. It's gone. It began to run out. And then I began to go straight to sleep. Now, today, I ain't got no problem. Shoot, I go right on the bed. I, man, I might have hurt your feelings. I go right on the bed. No, I'm just playing. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Forgive me if I hurt your feelings. But no, I go right on the bed. I lay it down. I go to bed. And but but listen, that ugly devil tries to come back sometime. The ugly devil come right, rises his head up and say, you know, when you said that, that was that was incorrect. You know what? There's grace and mercy. And I say, grace and mercy, ugly devil. I'm going to bed in the name of Jesus. You have to cultivate, practice, meditate how much you are loved. This is your year to take risks. Listen to me, church. This is your year to take a risk. Well, I don't know what that risk is, but it's what you're going to walk on, L-O-V-E. When you step out, it's on love. I am loved. I am loved. You're talking to a man that walked away from a six-figure paying job to go into the ministry. I'm not bragging on myself. I'm talking about cultivating the love of God so much that I, that I, I was sure that he was going to take care of me. There was no, I'm, I, I didn't doubt it one bit. And I told the Lord, if you don't take care of me, I'm going to tell everybody. Why is Devon living over in the corner under the bridge? I, I trusted God. I told him, I said, I'm going to say, I trusted God. And this is where I'm at. And the Lord said, I believe he smiled at me. He said, deal. This is a good deal. Deal. You trust me and, and watch and see what happens. And I told him, I said, if I'm under that bridge, I'm going to tell everybody. How did Devon get under that bridge? Man, I trusted the Lord. I thought the Lord loved me and so on and so forth. No, no, I have not missing one meal, not one meal. Glory be to God. What, why, why? I stepped out on love. Now, let me, because people hear what they want to hear. Let me say this. God told me to step out. I just didn't get sick and tired of my job and say, I'm tired of these folks. Get them out of here. God loves me. I'm out of here. 
Okay, pastor, I need you to pay my rent. Can the church receive an offering to pay my rent? No, 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 no. The Lord told me to step out. Then I cultivated the love. I didn't step out because I was frustrated. I stepped out because God told me to. They tried to keep me. Okay, I stepped out because he told me to. And then I stepped out on I am loved by God. And we've got many, many, many examples of just stepping out on how much you're loved by God. It's this is your year to be bold. This is your year to go forward, accelerate and move into something new. Right. In 2022. This is what the Lord gave us. And so we're going to step out. On his love. God's going to tell you to do some things. You know what? I want you to invest in that. Man, that looks scary. I'm going to step out on his love. I want you to uh, leave that, that man or woman alone. But I don't want to be alone anymore. You Trust me. Step out. I want you to, uh, to, to take that job. But I don't want to do that job. It pays less money. Step out. Matter of fact, every job I've ever taken, unless I've gotten promoted in a job, took, I took less money. Every job. Because the Lord told me to step out and do that. Less money. I'm not bragging on me. I'm telling you that I am qualified to preach this to you. (laughs) I'm qualified to preach this to you. I've seen taking risk and being bold in what the Lord has told me to do. And I've stepped out on his love for me. And God has taken care of me on the right and on the left. And he's shown me that I can get you anything from anyone, anywhere, at any time. I'm not limited. I will take care of you. I will be your source. Although the resources may change, I will be your source. Put it back on the screen one more time, Jeannie. Get this part, this last part, 1 John 4, 18. He who fears has not, made, has not been made perfect in love. Now, focus that. Focus your se- a second on that, on those words. If there is fear, it's because you haven't developed the love of God. Don't, don't, don't get condemned. Just say, this is an area. Be honest. This is the area that I don't believe the Lord loves me enough in. Correct. Just be honest. I don't believe the Lord's going to tr- take care of me. I don't, I don't trust him. Mo- a lot of people don't trust the Lord financially. That's why they don't tithe or give or that sort of thing. They don't trust the Lord in their finances. And so just be honest. I don't trust God. Just be honest. Now work on it. How do you work on it? You perfect the love. God loves me. You know what? He loves me. Love me. One day you're going to be like, oh, glory to God. He loves me. I'm going to go ahead and take that step. See, this is what y'all want to do. Y'all want to take this big old leap. No, it's just a, it's just a step. I'm going to go ahead and take that step. I'm going to go ahead. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and do that. I'm going to do that. Because I'm stepping out on his love. Perfect the love. If there is fear, if there is worry, if there is anxiety, if there is concern, uh, I'm letting you know that fear, the spirit of fear is present. How do you get rid of the spirit of fear? I know you want to speak to it. Spirit of fear, get out of here. I, I, I get that. It's going to take the love of God to flush it out, to cast it out, to expel it. And when you cultivate how much you're loved, Not how much you love God, but how much you are loved, it'll get rid of the fear. And then you can really be free of fear. Now, that doesn't mean thoughts won't come. There are times 
We, we, we tell our kids, we place you in the care of the Lord today as they go to school. I, I get a thought. Oh, something may happen to them today. And I said, nope, God, you love my children and you are going to take care of them. You're going to watch over them. I place them into your care. I got things to do today and I, I don't have time to worry about what they're doing. I put them in your care and I'm going to go about do what you called me to do. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead. Music